0: Why am I not surprised that you like something dumb that's on TV? What? Why am I not surprised about that? Unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're I mean, all so good. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed that it's not a you know 47-hour YouTube video with, with one funny line in it, and you're like, just keep watching. It's, it's coming up. And we're on like hour 43. Outrageous. <laughs> to claim that you've ever watched 43 hours of something I told you to watch. Uh, 100% true. 100% you would have looked true. at the timestamp and be like, nope. 100% true. Now, Well, no, I've gotten to the point now where I don't even click on the link. Yeah, that's <laughs> unacceptable because I haven't even sent you long, you, I'm you long videos. I've not sent you long videos. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode number fifty-nine of the Frozen North Gaming Podcast. My name is JJ and I'm here with my two friends, Mark. Howdy y'all! My name is Mark, and see that? Just a tiny chuckle when I said it. No major laugh. I got through it this time.
1: Well done, Mark. <laughs> How are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm
0: just glad that you had to put in the disclaimer afterwards. That makes it makes it so much better.
1: No disclaimer over here. It's Matt with you today. Not Brian. I'm Sorry guys, I'm not Brian. Get to introduce him. No, you it's don't get to Stepping on me. his lines, man. Coming in
0: and trying to take over already. I know. Well, I'd already spoken, so I have to come in and say something. Otherwise, people are going to be like, where's Brian? I, well, I could have easily have just said, and that other voice you hear is Matt. So, where is Brian? He is, uh, he just had to take a weekend off. Did you like that transition not, I just did there? He is not in town, unfortunately. So,
1: He's also got a massive backlog to complete. When he comes
0: back, he's going to have so many games he's beaten. It, uh, he's going to finish every Final Fantasy game, right? Yeah. He only yeah, announced working that on the journey two, two years ago. Episode one, he announced that. So we're only on 59. So that's, you know, a lot of time. <laughs> hey, but at least he plays games. True enough. Absolutely. Yeah. And he doesn't play like, you know, city builder. Whoa! Uh, hey, so- segue. Hey, Segway. I'm the only person
1: here who hasn't played that game, so and I actually like it too. Yeah, you so should like it I because did. it's well.
0: You know what? Now I don't. What? Anymore. You know what? Now I don't cuz you're telling me to. That is very obstinate, but I can't <laughs> stop you. Okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page then. So, like you said, good segue. What have you been playing, Mark? Oh, I've been playing Get ready for this. Cities: Skylines. <laughs> It's great. It's so, I really like the way it's integrated with Steam Workshop, so I can just get right in there. Is that all you've been playing? I can No. Let me tell my story, though. <laughs> uh, it's almost all I've been playing. But you can just get right into Steam what Workshop. What are the games you've been playing? And I can download. Anything good? It's so cool how good. You can just download <laughs> the content and get it loaded up. It's so easy to get mods installed on this game. That's all I'm trying to say. And there's tons of content out there. And the other game is I picked up and I tried to enjoy Final Fantasy Thirteen again. And it just infuriated me again. <laughs> what, uh, what, what kind of mods can you put with City Skylines? There's like, mods that that try to fix the uh, the traffic issues that the game has. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds thought, like I a great roads fix the traffic issues. <laughs> well, some Isn't that some, your argument? No, some of the pathfinding time? stuff. I mean, sure, you can do a lot of stuff to fix it, but the pathfinding still needs to be patched because they just get in the lane they want to be in and don't change lanes, even if there's traffic jams. Could it be that they're just bad drivers? It could be. Do so the drivers we could go ever get uh, irritated? Get a good I mean, driver patch. No. Do they like, get but, out yeah, of their they cars get and just walk patch. to work instead? <laughs> um, if you put in plenty of like road or sorry walkways everywhere, then yes, they will get out and actually walk.
1: Why don't you just do that
0: then? I've, I've tried and it's helped somewhat, but we're really this isn't the point of the show to talk about my traffic problems for an hour. Still a more, uh, still a more immersive world than Final Fantasy Thirteen. Very true. Boom.
1: How's uh, how's my lake doing in my uh, my bridge? What are
0: you doing? Oh, you did you lose your notes? So you can't mark. read off your tablet. <laughs> Oh, I locked. I it must have like you're screwed. I've like palmed the screen and logged out of Google Drive. We all, all right, know, we all know that Mark likes to just read off of his tablet. uh So now that he's hey, locked out, we right? are like several <laughs> minutes into the show, and I haven't. I've just now noticed. So hey, that's, that's okay. Sign, We're right? off the
1: rails. That's better, right? FF fifteen is going to be off. Oh, the I know rails happens, too, right? Instead of I am right, good to go. All right, <laughs> you are back in. Okay,
0: Matt, what have you been playing?
1: Uh, I've been playing almost exclusively, uh, Bayonetta for Wii U. I picked up Wii U and Bayonetta, and, uh, I gotta get through the first one in order to actually play the sequel. And, uh, it's good times. I really enjoy that. Marcus, why you gotta be doing that to me? He's, he's shining this beam of light in my face like I need to open my eyes All or right, something.
0: So, uh, what, keep going about the Bayonetta. I'm interested.
1: Bayonetta is so good. It's, uh, made by the same people who, uh, did Devil May Cry. They went and made a studio called Platinum Studios, and... The game is absolutely ridiculous. It's like um, the ultimate objectification of women, but it's done to like such an extreme hyperbolic sense that it just comes off as satire. And it's I the think most it was hilarious intentionally, game I've ever seen.
0: I thought it was intentionally saf- satire.
1: I think I, I think that it was. There A lot of people argue with me that it wasn't. They were just cashing in on the entire idea. But I'm pretty sure that the actual creators... I've I mean, the, one it, of the but... creators is a
0: girl, so... I've never played it, but looking at it, I mean, it seems super over the top. Yeah, so
1: it's pretty good. I like uh, I like unleashing my hair monster onto uh, large bosses and doing infinitons of damage. That that's an actual metric that they use. <laughs> oh no, to, I believe you to measure it. It's it's pretty good.
0: All right, that's it. Just banana,
1: pretty much. Uh, other than that, a little that bit sucks. of WoW and replaying some Final Fantasy games, trying to keep up with uh, with Brian. He's Playing uh, FF13 2, and I was picking it up with him and trying to play through it with him, but uh, I think he's ahead of me now,
0: so I think I'm going to give that up. All right. Very cool. I have been playing Dragon Age Inquisition. I should be done with it in the next couple of days. I'm at the very, very end. Oh, I'll be so glad to get done with that game. Not because it was bad. I just, anytime I hit like the, you know, 40, 50 hour point, I'm like, oh my gosh. This is a long time, and I just want to get into something else. So I'm looking forward to getting into uh, Final Fantasy Type Zero, which will be next on the list. Uh, also, Brandon, if you remember, everybody, Brandon, who uh, raved about Nintendo when he was on the show for a few. Man, that was a brilliant <laughs> segment right there. Uh, him and I actually, I've been, I've been getting him to play some uh, Nintendo Wii U. Uh, we've been playing nice. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, and dude, we are having so much fun with it. It is an absolute blast, and. I'm not a big side scroller fan and he's not a big Nintendo fan, but the fact that the two of us are having such a good time with it shows that it it really does some uh, some good things. So having a good time with that and um yeah, that's been pretty much it. I haven't really played much else. So how are we doing with converting Brandon into uh playing
1: "Quote unquote fake games Oh no,
0: he still thinks it's for kids. Hundred <laughs> percent, absolutely typical. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and uh, we, uh, me, him, and uh, him and his girlfriend live in the same exact apartment building that I do. So they came over last weekend and we were playing some Mario Party Ten, which was which was all right. It was decent. And we played some Mario Kart, so we had fun with it. But you can tell he still he still hundred percent looks at that system as yeah for his little sister. So yeah, you know it's not for everybody. I like it. Well, we'll see what happens when the next Metroid Prime comes out. That would have the potential to sway him, I think. When is that coming out? I don't know, man. Right right around I, I the know. same time as Half-Life 3? Yes. <laughs> I know it's not announced, but that's something people have been clamoring for, and it only makes sense for them to eventually do it. Star Fox, it's all I care about at this point. Well, obviously yeah. Zelda, but we do have a, an idea in 2016 of when Zelda's coming out. So. Yeah. Uh, but Star Fox. E3, I'm hoping they have something. Hoping. Nintendo Hope. usually doesn't have a big presence at E3, though, does it? Uh, they used to. They don't anymore. Now they, they're focusing more on their Nintendo Directs. Uh, they typically do have one right at the time of E3, though. Right. So okay. they should so... have a big presentation at least, even if it's not directly a part of E3. Okay. So, yeah. Should be should be exciting. All right. Well, we do have uh, some media outlets that you can contact us at. Our uh, email address is frozennorthpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is fngaming.net. We have a Facebook page at Facebook.com slash the Frozen North. Our Twitter is at FN Podcast. Our blog is frozen northpodcast.blogspot.com. And of course we're on iTunes. So please subscribe to and rate us on there. We would appreciate it. Uh speaking of Twitter, we actually have a uh we, we're we're trying to get two hundred Twitter Twitter followers and we're very, very close. Yep. So if we can just get I mean, I think it's like we're like 10 to 15 away? Somewhere like that? Yeah. So if we can just get those, we hit those, we'll do another contest. And that means, like, someone gets some free stuff. And so. free stuff is always good. So tell your friends to subscribe, even if they don't listen to us, so that you can have a chance to get them free stuff. Steal their phone away and subscribe. <laughs> um, Actually, on Twitter, it's not subscribing, it's following. Oh, psh- so excuse me! We I'm like the word subscribe. You push the f- button. You push the button. Okay. So, <laughs> Yeah there's that your face all right so get us 200 twitter followers do it contest free stuff awesome yeah cool news since brian's not here matt is going to take the reins matt what's going on with news
1: Let's do the news! We got some news out of Nintendo this week. Uh, we uh, have a new Nintendo Direct that came out on April 1st. We've got some uh, good stuff on the way. We got a Shin Megami Tensei crossover with Fire Emblem coming out for the Wii U. Smart uh, move. Go on and actually watch that video. I've never really been excited for uh crossover games much. much. Um, if anyone's ever played Cross well, Edge on PS3. have been talking about this for
0: like three years. What? Shin Megami Tensei and Fire Emblem—they've been talking about it for a couple of years.
1: I know, but I haven't been excited for it until I saw this video they posted on Nintendo Direct. It was awesome. No, oh. it's fantastic. But mm. I haven't really been excited mm. for crossover games most of the time. But this one's got me—got uh, me pretty pumped. Mm. Hey, if anyone can do it right, it's Atlas. That's a key mature property for Nintendo to have on their platform.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely.
1: Anyway, um, they also had. Uh, News on the Fatal Frame title that was supposed to come out next year or last year, but hasn't for some reason. It no longer has the uh, subtitle that it did before, but uh, it is scheduled to actually appear on the Wii U. So uh, that's actually really good news for us. Mark that, and that I will be, be playing later this year. that. For that's for a, sure.
0: I think that's a really good uh, interface for Fatal Frame, having the touch screen controller. And from what I understand, you actually hold the the tablet up and, like, move it around like the camera. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So should be interesting. And I, I, from what I understand, like, uh, at least the way that I, I took it, there's three separate storylines to follow as well, which would be kind of cool. So I told Mark that uh, in true coward fashion <laughs> <laughs> that we like to play these games, I will do the least scary story. Then Mark will do the next one, and then we'll make his girlfriend play the scariest one. Uh, no, I'll do the <laughs> least scary one. That's and then you do the, I already called it. You can't call. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. I'm too afraid. <laughs> so, uh, borrowing a horrible, horrible disaster, um, we will
1: get that game by the end of the year. Sometime this year. I'm excited. Uh, the new 3DS is also getting a little bit of love uh, with uh, a new Fire Emblem title actually being announced to be in development. And we're also getting a Xenoblade Chronicles 3D available April 10th. So, make sure to check that out. All right, let's move on. Uh, We have also got a little bit of, depending on how you look at it, sad news. Uh, We have some delays going on. Um, Nintendo and Microsoft joined Sony in delaying a uh, potential blockbuster title. Earlier this month, Uncharted uh, 4 was delayed to 2016. I don't know if we actually said that or not last time or not. But um, Nintendo announced that Zelda Wii U is going to get delayed into 2016. Sad day. And uh, Microsoft also announced that Remedy Entertainment's Quantum Break, the same as Alan Wake, um, is also delayed to 2016. Oh, man. Now, I would like to point out that, for me, delays are always good news. Because it means the game's actually going to be done. (laughs) So, I actually was more excited about this than anything else. Because that means that when we finally get a Zelda game for the Wii U system, it'll actually be good.
0: I agree. Yeah. I, I mean take all the time you want I've never been I've never really been disappointed with a Zelda game And if they want to take the extra time to to do this and they one of the big reasons they said they are delaying is because they keep thinking of new stuff they want to add right I'm not gonna knock them for wanting to put more content in their game yeah you know it's gonna be great heck yeah
1: all right let's move on uh, we've also got uh, news this week that uh, Sony is gonna acquire the remnants of the on live uh, game streaming service. That is uh, set to cease operations here in a couple of months. Um, that is huge news for Sony because uh, OnLive has a extensive patent pro- uh, portfolio that uh, includes some proprietary information concerning that uh, the innovations in cloud-based gaming. So, um, you know, Sony has that. Uh, what what it was called again? The PlayStation Now, I right, think is what they released. Um, I think their that solution the, for backwards compatibility. The acquisition of OnLive may very well prove to be uh, profitable for them in that regard. That'll make uh, the service a little bit better if they can find some stuff in there that they can add to their own service. So, uh, yeah, exciting news on that. Uh, Sad day for anyone out there who actually subscribed to OnLive, but uh, it will live on in the realm of Sony. Uh, Quick update on Kojima and Konami. Things are not looking better after a couple of weeks. Uh, We've had some drama going on online um, his, uh, Co- uh, Kojima's logo has been removed from several of the websites. Um, it's got re-added to the Metal Gear Solid Legacy website, but, uh, it's gone from Silent Hill. So that's Classy. kind of, that's kind of sad because that's, uh, indicating that he may not have anything to do with the Silent Hill game that's coming out. Good job, um, Speculation, but we're not really sure. Um, but yeah, the Kojima station where a lot of announcements have been happening a couple of years in a row. Has also been um, suspended indefinitely. It's like a, a video streaming show that they do every once in a while. Um, because that got shut down, it just looks more and more like Kojima might actually leave Konami this time. That's crazy. What's Konami thinking? I don't know, man, but uh, Kojima Productions is going to go on without them anyway, no, regardless. I mean, someone's going to pick him up and fund him.
0: I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'm thinking oh. Konami can maybe start focusing on as we in six. I mean, I'm totally for that. That's <laughs> what I want to happen, but they have literally none of the staff that worked on any right. of the other games. No, I, 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 yeah, in all seriousness, I yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, man. Only time will tell. Unfortunate. Yep, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, they said that, that Metal Gear is not, this franchise isn't going anywhere, but, you know, who knows how it's hit. <laughs> it's going to be. The, the new Metal Gear Solid is going to be like Final Fantasy XIII. I didn't say that. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, someone, someone's fuming over here. <laughs> hey, I'm not fuming. Well, you should be. Well, that
1: hasn't happened yet, and it better not. So, anyway, um, we'll keep an eye on it and let you know if there's any good news. Hopefully, there will be soon. All right. Last story I wanted to let you guys know about uh, Square Enix announced plans to expand on Collective, which is their uh, idiosyncratic initiative. Well, I don't know. Mark likes that word. They uh, are expanding the market to uh, go beyond PC-only titles to uh, digital console products and mobile games. They're actually also planning to fund some small-time developers directly with up to $250,000. So um, crowdfunding remains um, their primary source, but they're actually going to put a lot more money into it. For me, I'm taking away from this that I think that Square may have actually turned the corner here and is pouring a lot of money into investment which is really good news um for me as a as a fan of square. Um this just makes square look like they're much more stable now that they've completed their reconstruction plan since uh, a lot of their people departed. What do you guys think about that? I'm excited for it. I think it's great. We like crowdfunding programs, I think, right? We love that stuff. Yeah, I like it a lot,
0: yeah. Yeah. When it's used correctly. Right.
1: Exactly. And uh, hashtag Mark needs a PS4 2015.
0: No, I don't. <laughs> Got a couple of
1: bundles going on out there. You can nope. search on Amazon. I mean, There's a uh, new bundle for a PS4 with Bloodborne and The Last of Us. Uh, I believe it is something like 450 some odd <coughs> dollars for that, which is what? a pretty darn good price. So check that out. They also released a Batman Arkham Asylum special edition PS4. So Mark, pick your poison. Go ahead and go buy it, man. What are you doing?
0: When The Witness and Everybody's Gone to the Rapture come out, then I'll be very interested in picking one up. But I'm guessing that's not going to be until late this year. And I'm sure late this year there will be even better deals. So there there you have it. Well, Mark, we will get Mark a PS4 by the time this year is out. And that concludes the news. JJ? Solid. As always, you can go to our website, fngaming.net, and we will have... uh... Links to all those news articles that Matt mentioned in our episode description. So, bam. All right. Can I get a bam? Bam! <laughs> really, really loud in my ears. Thank you. So You're going to have to turn that down and post so that you don't blow some speakers. <sighs> Maybe I'll turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because no, that would blow my speakers when I'm listening to it. True. So that would be a bad idea. Unless I turn my speakers down, then turn it up, and then be like, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. Okay, back Swing. on track. <laughs> We're going to do a Beyond the Game segment. We haven't done one in a few weeks. so Beyond the Game. Yeah. That's a yeah. great segment. Sounds yeah, good. We're going to be talking about difficulty levels in gaming. Easy, please. <laughs> Typical, Marcus. <laughs> and, and there you have it. That's, that's the segment. Uh, cool. Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, to get started, what difficulty level do you guys typically play on? I'm going to start. Boom. (laughs) I made you guys look at each other like, who's going to start? And then I cut in because, yep, I'm doing it. I'm starting. I typically play on normal if I can. Um, If I run into some issues, normally what I'll do, because, I I mean, you know me. I'm I'm more about the story than anything else. I will start on normal if I see that that's the only way I can get achievements. Because some games will not let you get achievements. On PlayStation if you're playing on easy. Or yeah. only certain ones are available on, on you know normal or higher. So if that's the case, then I will typically go for normal. If not, if I can get away with playing it on easy, eh, it depends on the game. I don't mind doing it sometimes. But sometimes normal really just isn't that big of a deal. You know? Especially growing up with Nintendo. Like early NES and SNES. Yeah. Those games were brutally hard. Yes, they were. So... Games nowadays are so much easier, for the most part, comparatively. Especially when you're talking RPGs and stuff. So, what about you guys? I would say for most games, I will typically play on normal first. However, if I hear that a game is really difficult, and especially if there isn't a way to change the difficulty in the game while you're playing it, I might tend towards playing it on easy. Just because I don't want to get like halfway through and then decide it's too hard and get stuck and have to replay so if I'm if I'm you know covering my bases, then I'll play on easy. However, uh, I mean, with like the Halo games, I have played through at least the first three all the way through Legendary, because you know if you have a few friends with you, it's not actually that difficult. Yeah. So that, that's a good point though. Like, there's a lot of games nowadays that are making it so you can change the difficulty mid-game. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of them didn't have that at first. Yep. It was like you start on hard or you start on normal, you're stuck. Sorry.
1: I particularly enjoyed Devil May Cry one. After like playing for thirty minutes or so, it'll actually recommend to you to turn the difficulty level down if you're not very good. It's like just kind of coming in, no. giving you a bam, We're just let you know
0: you're kind of terrible at this. So <laughs> I think more games should have that feature, oh, yeah, just to make you feel cool. bad about it's yourself, like, dude.
1: You suck. You need to get Mark. Get let's down be honest. You would EV. get that message every thirty seconds. Of course I would. <laughs> <laughs> Judging on how he has been playing Secret of Mana, yeah.
0: Ouch. Oh man, Oh, I for, we forgot to mention that we were playing that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Mark and I and Brian have been uh, playing through Secret of Mana. So, it's pretty I'm really, good. I'm really good at it. Mark is having a tough time. If you've ever played nah, the game, I got good you, towards the end. If you yes, you're right. After like 3 hours of playing. <laughs> if you've ever played the game and you you know how the combat is, you have to wait till your stamina is up to 100% before you take another swing. We kept telling Mark that he had to wait till his it was it was at 100% and he would just sit there and mash the button like crazy and just push B, 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 B. B. And it's like, no. <laughs> and, and then you take a
1: swing and then you wait. And then when he finally did stop
0: doing that, he'd swing at like 85%, which is effectively not any yeah, different. Yeah, it's useless. <laughs> so, but in, in, in fairness, a lot of people do that when they start playing. The only difference is you had other people telling you the right way to do it. And you still it's hard, man. It's like you get muscle really memory not. on how to play games. It's, it's not muscle memory because you never played it before. But I so, played games where I have a sword and I have that perspective like Zelda. I don't like think Zelda. that's true. Yeah, but Zelda, you still Hey, 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 Sorry. I wanted to see if that would work. It did. Cool. So anyways, yeah. Great game. Anyways, back to this. Shammat, what about you? What do you play on typically?
1: I am a dummy. And I play games on hard, and this is the reason why I have trouble completing games. (laughs) Because I like playing games on hard. Um, The reason why I think I play on hard is because I want to get everything out of the game that I feel that the developers wanted me to experience. And I don't want it to be handed to me. I, I like the actual challenge. Unfortunately, I get frustrated very quickly. I, in my youth, have broken more than one controller. So, and strategy guides, I should probably lean more towards normal, but I typically try it on hard unless it's just ridiculous. I think that actually when it comes down to is I would like um, normal to be a little bit harder. And I think that Marcus
0: would like normal to be a little bit easier. See, and I I honestly, I would think I would like normal to be a little bit easier in some cases, too, just because (sighs) I'll start off playing on, on a lower difficulty Because I will only play on the higher difficulties if I really enjoyed it and want to go back and play it again. Right. Like, if I have no interest in in the game or the world or what I'm doing, why would I even subject myself to playing on hard and just get frustrated by what's going on if I don't even like the game in the first place? You know, that's kind of where I come from on that. Absolutely. So, and I guess that kind of factors into the next question we were going to ask. Like, how does the difficulty level factor into your enjoyment of playing? Um, Like I said, I play on easy and normal because... I want to be comfortable while I'm playing, and I want to feel it out a little bit and find out whether I actually even like the thing. So, yeah. I mean, there's different types of difficulty too. It's not. It's not like it's just this linear scale of right easy and hard. There's also, I mean, there's like there's twitch gameplay. How fast are your reflexes? There's strategy. How good can you plan out what you're gonna do? Stuff like that. So, yeah. and I. I I'm not very good when it comes to like Twitch type games. That
1: actually uh, that actually makes a lot of sense. I actually prefer games to be harder from a strategic perspective, but not necessarily from a Twitch perspective.
0: Right. Um. Like I, I've said this many times. So you, when you say Twitch, you mean like reaction time and stuff. Right. Yeah. Like shooters. That's, How fast you can react. See, that's to funny because fun, I'm like the exact game. opposite. Really? I get like. I play Counter-Strike and if I like obviously most of the time you're playing against other people yeah. but if I want to practice and I just want to have fun on my own I will go into a game with bots and I will put it on the absolute hardest difficulty that I can you know and I'll, I'll lose I'd say I'm probably 50-50 on winning and losing on there like I do decent yeah. um, and it's because I can handle it because I've been playing the game forever right but uh yeah I'm and when it comes to strategy and stuff like that I'm so terrible at planning moves and like chess I am awful at it uh, I grew up my dad used to just Beat the crap out of me in that game all the mm-hmm. time. I'm terrible at thinking moves ahead and and, and trying to counter uh, different moves and that kind of stuff. And I, th- I think because of that, you know, I just I, I like to play on easier difficulty levels and then just overwhelm people with you know sheer numbers yeah. and that kind of stuff. I got so. you. And I should say that I play different types of games for different reasons. And I like uh, online games where what i'm Take doing a where what i'm not even looking at it <laughs> i was just YouTube checking store. to make sure i was just making sure i wasn't answering like the next question <laughs> uh <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> where was i uh check your tablet I don't know, check your tablet and see which number you're on. okay so online games where what i am doing as an individual is essentially what the story is i actually enjoy the challenge quite a bit because of what it causes people to do socially the risk and reward involved in what you do. So in that situation, I actually like uh, challenge quite a bit. But if I'm playing it specifically for the story, then the worst thing you can do to me is force me to continuously repeat the same section when I just want to get to the next plot point. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Hundred percent. And that explains your your love of brutality of like those MMO yeah. games where like oh this game like because Marco always talks about how he loves easy games, but then you hear him talk about playing an MMO and he's like, dude, I started this new one. And it's drop everything on death, and everybody can attack you at no point. And I'm like, how is that easy at all? Like, what the heck, dude? Yeah. So, but I mean, but that then those give you like sense. the best stories to tell people. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, ninety nine percent of the stories are. So I was doing this thing, and I was farming this wood, and <laughs> I was fighting, and I died. But you have played a, a little lot. bit of Rust, and you saw what was. As cool a group, about it's it. great. Yeah, yeah. If you have friends, it's awesome. If you're alone. It like, when I started out, I lost everything every 20 seconds because yeah. I was just dying over and over again. But, yeah, once I, once I got to play with you guys, it was actually a good right. time. So it falls into that pattern. Uh, so, yeah.
1: Cool. That's how I find enjoyment. I need to get myself into that pattern. I, yeah. would, I would finish games more often
0: if I followed Mark's idea. <laughs> I should also say, and I've mentioned this before, games like Dishonored and Deus Ex, where the challenge is not Twitch- it's not re- reflex related at all, but it's like saving the game, plotting out where all the enemies are, sneaking on the rooftops and making sure no one sees you, just being undetected. Stuff like that, where I get a great sense of reward for being meticulous and planning things out. Right. I I love that. Matt, what about you? How does uh, difficulty factor into your enjoyment? Uh, for me, I
1: think that the... The difficulty level has to match the the story of what's going on. It needs to be believable from my perspective that um, the the challenge fits what I'm trying to do. So you know if I'm playing Halo on on heroic difficulty, that to me felt correct. But when I got into legendary, it's like it felt like every single other entity in the game had more shields, more ammo, more powerful weapons than I did. I no longer felt like I was who I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be right. a special Spartan. So I, I your... didn't enjoy Legendary. I gotcha. But if it's ridiculously easy, then I better be playing a character who is like a god compared to the enemies that he's up against. Right. Otherwise, I needed to make sense in my brain. Otherwise, I won't really enjoy it that much. Like, yeah, the story is cool, but I'll appreciate the story more if I actually earned it.
0: Okay. Uh, do, you, do you guys feel like there are certain genres or games that are expected to be more or less difficult than others? Like, uh, Nintendo's a good example. Br- like like we brought up Brandon before. He looks at Nintendo and he sees kid games left and right. Does that necessarily mean that all Nintendo games are easy? I can tell you they're not. No. And him and I were playing <laughs> freaking Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. That game is not easy at all. And he was commenting on that, too. He's like, dude, this game is insanely hard. Like, ridiculously hard. Yeah. So... I don't know. I mean, do you, do you think there there's kind of like a staple that, that certain genres or games need to be? I think there's some games where being really, really difficult is almost like a feature of the game. It's something that they brag about and sell the game on. Like, like Bloodborne, Bloodborne. Yeah. Dark yeah. Souls, games like that. Absolutely. Like old Nintendo hard games. Uh, Battletoads. Right, exactly. <laughs> Battletoads. Battletoads and Ghosts, yep. So those games are like, it's a badge of honor that they're extremely difficult. Yeah. Then you've got your... Games that are difficult because of how insanely complex they are, like Football Manager 2015. Uh, I'm like, not surprised like, you like, uh, would. Bring oh, oh like that. I, I, you're interrupting <laughs> my point. Or, or like, a really in depth flight simulator. Or, what? Okay. Why are you rolling your eyes on that? No. There are talking. games that are designed to be so in depth that. It, all right, so that's what I think. Your points are wonderful, Mark. Mark I, I have a point, Mark.
1: What's what's the story in your in-depth flight simulator that you're so talking anyway? About? You create I think, the story.
0: Um, you do create the story, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that some things get mistaken for difficulty as well. Like a lot of JRPGs aren't necessarily difficult; they're just really labor intensive it's just okay i have to keep grinding until i get to a certain level and then i can take yeah. this guy down and that's not difficulty well th- actually that brings up a good question though i think that's one of the reasons i like those kind of games because you can actually control the difficulty in that's those true. situations you can level up and make it easier on yourself or you can you know try to just boss hog your way through it and yeah. you know make it difficult like you see some of these uh if you ever gone to like message boards for for some of the older games, and I I would assume some of the newer ones do it too, but like the older Final Fantasies and that kind of stuff, you see these low level challenges. Uh, some people try to do like Final Fantasy VII with no materia, no items, low level with no equipment upgrades and stuff like that's that. And same. it's like, oh my gosh, dude! But people do it, uh, and they make it through, and then they list their strategies and what they did and everything. It's it's impressive. So I think I think that, I think that's one of the th- reasons I love RPGs so much is because you right. can control the difficulty in a lot of cases. So. Yeah, The yeah.
1: only other genre I would bring up would probably be horror Horror genre is normally a lot harder Because you're expected to die a few times in every horror game uh, I, I've never played a horror game where I didn't die once I don't think
0: horror games are designed to be difficult specifically They're designed to be paced just right So that you feel like the game's impossible And when you're on your last last limb Then you get the health pack that you need to get So th- it's really about pacing with those games so, the fact that you and I had a hard time getting through amnesia, was that because the game was difficult? That's because we were terrified. <laughs> is, is that a reflection of the difficulty, though? No, I don't <laughs> think it is. Because we couldn't play it. Right. We couldn't get through it, it was hard to get through. Because it was terrifying. <laughs> right. Because I I didn't, I didn't, I I just wanted to stop touching the controls and like walk away. Oh, you played like five minutes. It was too scary. Uh, Even though I was in like a safe zone, it was too scary. I still pride the fact that I played about 75% of the game. I did that, uh, that giant place with all the water and the things in the water. That was pretty scary. That was, that was a pretty freaky part. Yeah. I couldn't handle it. I was like, man, it's your turn again, JJ. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great game, though. It was. It was a good time. All right. Well, anybody else have anything to add?
1: I wish that Nintendo would go back to its roots of having games that start out easy and then progressively get harder. And at the end, there's like a level that's ridiculously difficult. And if you get past that, then you get your kudos because you're like, yeah, I easy actually saw learn. the ending of that game.
0: Easy to learn, hard to master.
1: Yeah. Like uh, Ninja Gaiden, you can play through the first three or four levels. No problem. Most people will get through them. But those last couple of levels, no, you got to be really good.
0: Mark saw something on his tablet and his eyes left up. left field. On this one, but the worst thing ever is that vine swinging segment in the first Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> where it's like it's easily like a a five minute long thing where you swing across a bunch of different vines, and if you fall off anywhere on any one of those vines, you have to repeat Go the entire the segment. Yeah, don't fall off. I mean, I eventually got it. It's really not that tough. It was pretty tough. Mm. I w- yeah. Mm. You can call. Them, mm. You can ask my fiancé. I was furious after that section of the game. <laughs> That's I was like, I'm done playing. Mark. I'm done playing this. No, because the, the timing was weird. And, it, mm-hmm. and I would go where I didn't mean to go. Uh-huh. Yep. It's all right. No, your excuses are cute. Uh, so, <laughs> If you have any thoughts about difficulty in games, or you want to just tell us why we're wrong, shoot us an email. What's our email address, Mark? FrozenNorthPodcast at gmail.com. That's it. That's right. Okay, we got a top five this week. Mark, what's our top five? Our top five games are... Why did I say it like that? (laughs) I have no idea. We are covering our top five video game sequels. Indeed. What makes a good sequel, Mark? A good sequel is a game that takes what was good about the previous game, the plot, the gameplay elements, whatever, and improves upon it well said all right i kind of relaxed in my chair as you said that because i was expecting you to like give like a long-winded definition but there's, there's probably have. more nuance
1: there than that mark but uh, that that, that works go there's ahead if it. you
0: got the nuance tell everyone no I mean, now I'm, by all means now i'm afraid now i'm afraid yeah, that was pretty it was pretty darn good yeah you got it covered all right well we got any honorable mentions anybody <sighs> i can't remember <laughs> he forgot the sure I on had on tablet <laughs> uh the one that I took off my list to put another one in. <laughs> I don't... No, I don't have any. No, because I think that was on Matt's list. There's no other good sequels other than the ones I listed. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Uh, good call. I'm trying to think. What else? There's there's a lot of, like, classic games. Like, I mean, I could, I could name a bunch of, like, retro. I mean, Lolo 2 was phenomenal. There's a lot of Zelda titles. That follow-up kind of from one to the next that are really good. I would not say Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link was that great of a follow-up. Majora's Mask? And we should point out, you're not going to see, like, we wouldn't say Final Fantasy 2. Because we're talking about, we want games that are direct sequels and not just games that have the same title but aren't really related at all. Is Majora's Mask, does that count
1: as a direct sequel to Ocarina of Time? Kind of is.
0: Yeah, kind of. Depends on if you subscribe to the whole Zelda timeline theory or not. I don't care what people say. They shoehorn that thing in just to just to make it no. seem cool. They it's cool. Did. It's cool. It is cool. Absolutely. Okay. All right. But I think people were just like, "What? Where does this? What? When does no, You're happen? right. When is Link? Go? I'm sure like at some point, And they were like, uh, timeline. It's probably like uh, after uh, different lives. After Ocarina of Time, they're probably like, It would be cool if we said these were all related." Yeah. But it's ridiculous. Even though Hyrule History is actually a really good read, if you haven't read it, it's awesome. Let's just hop into our top 5 let Let's do it. Matt, you're the new guy. Start us off.
1: Sounds good. My number five is... Not a sequel. Unbelievable, JJ. Unbelievable. Warcraft 3 is definitely a sequel, and it is my number five. Terrible. What?
0: Terrible. Wh- why are you hating? Because it's a sequel in the definitive sense, yes, but when you think sequel, you think the second one.
1: Hey, I think that it took a lot of the gameplay elements from
0: Warcraft 2 and improved upon it. I highly disagree with that hundred and million percent. I love this game. Because I hate the hero system. I thought that was a terrible addition.
1: I love the fact that I am doing macro management of my, of my buildings and I'm micromanaging all my units. And I also have the jungle a hero and control my hero in combat. I loved all three of that going on at once. It was very challenging to me. I loved it revolutionized everything in the RTS genre. It is
0: a really good game. Your number five's wrong. <laughs> See? Mark's got it. He has got it. He read that from his tablet. So send hate mail to me, right. right. I checked. I, check. I made sure do, first. Do I, have,
1: <laughs> do I have an email address that they can send hate mail to me? Um,
0: yeah, I, yes. Podcast at gmail.com. absolutely. We'll forward it over right. to you. If, if you, you guys agree said, with Mark, like, I want some hate mail. Just have the title of the email be H- Matt Hate Mail. But look. Look.
1: No. Warcraft 3... It's stories set up everything for World of Warcraft, so it got to be in my top five. It has to it be. Does. It has a good story.
0: It is. Absolutely. It really does. I never beat Frozen Throne. That is just unfortunate. Not yeah. Not because I didn't like it. I just I played through Warcraft 3 and then, like uh, what is it, Reign of Chaos, right? Right. Uh, I played through it and then I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to do Frozen Throne and then I got burnt out. I was like, oh, man. Every time I get burnt out, I, I take a long break, and then I just can't go right back to where I left off. I always have to start over again. Yeah, I just need to to knuckle up and and just run through the whole thing. So, all right, Matt's number five, Warcraft three. My number five is probably one that a lot of people will disagree with, especially Final Fantasy fans. <laughs> Final Fantasy IV, The After Years. Uh, have either of you guys played it? I, I haven't. I did not get a chance to play it. I didn't pick up the Wii. <laughs> Uh, well, it's on PSP too. Oh, it is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I gotta go. I gotta go play it now. Um, I, the main reason that it like, as far as a game itself, it's okay. Uh, the main reason that I really like it so much is because I am such a huge fan of final fantasy four. It is such an amazing, amazing game. And it was one of the, it was the first RPG that I ever played. Uh, well that I knew was an RPG that made me literally fall in love with the genre. Because I was such a huge fan of that, when I heard out they were coming with a sequel, I was like, oh, sweet. Cool. This will be fun. They added tons of new characters and almost made the gameplay feel like Final Fantasy VI, which obviously my favorite nice. game of all time. They made it to where you're going around, you're recruiting new characters and bringing them in, and then you're playing through these different scenarios of all the the different main characters from four. And they're all recruiting people in their own individual scenarios, and then at the end you get one scenario to tie everything together, but every single character is in there and you get to pick your own party from all of them. They all have their own unique abilities and uh and, and it's just it, it's I love collecting characters. <laughs> yeah, is the best way uh, to say doesn't? it. Who doesn't? I mean and that's and that's exactly were, what it is. If there were a hundred and eight characters, it would be even better. Oh, absolutely,
1: but, yeah. This sounds amazing. Oh, I don't hear
0: anybody arguing with you. Hey, so that's good. It's, it's, it's stamped, <laughs> stamped. Take it to bank. the bank. <laughs>
1: but this this game sounds amazing. Like, what what possible argument is there out there that it's bad? I don't understand.
0: Uh, it's short for one, and it, the. I mean, it's not going to be. It's not the deepest game in the world. <laughs> if it's short. It just makes it more likely I'm going to finish it. <laughs> It's very, very hit or miss among people and among fans. Right. I really enjoyed it. It's it's uh, the main character is uh, Cecil's son, Cecil and Rose's son. So it's Theodore, Theodore is his name. Theodore. Think so. Yeah. We need Brian here to argue with me about how to pronounce a name <laughs> for like twenty minutes. Uh, he was right though. About Ramu? No, no, no. Oh, sorry. I right. thought you were still referring to oh, Cindy, Sid. Cindy, Cindy. Yeah, he was. He was right. He was right about that. R- Ramu though he was not true. He said Ramaw. <laughs> so he's he's fifty fifty so far. He is you know. all right. So he's flipping the coin. Good uh, deal. Yeah, but it, yeah, a lot of his stories are. <laughs> Brian, we love you, buddy. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's my number five. Final Fantasy IV: The After Years. Mark number five, sir. My number five, Portal Two, appears on someone else's list later on. So we'll talk about it then. Solid. Matt number
1: four. My number four is Diablo two.
0: Okay. My number four. <laughs> you gonna say anything about it?
1: I thought it was on someone else's list! Nope. Oh my god. It used to be. I've been I've been punked here, guys.
0: I've been punked. Alright, let's talk about Diablo 2.
1: Why is it not on your list? he's
0: he's been bamboozled i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> bring i'm gonna bring up why it's not on his list later on when we get to that point and mark's gonna go oh, come on oh, oh. unbelievable oh, you know what i'm talking do. about yeah. yeah
1: how could this not be a- you're gonna give me grief over warcraft 3 being on my list but you don't have diablo 2 unbelievable things had to be changed unbelievable this game like reestablished the powerhouse that is the roguelike genre It was so fun that Blizzard North literally disappeared for weeks playing their own game during development. It was a fantastic game. I still play it over Diablo 3 sometimes. It's that good.
0: This game also got you your nickname, which we won't say on the show. (laughs) Unbelievable. Oh, so you're going to allude to the fact that there's a nickname, but not actually discuss? Why did you mention it at all? (laughs) Along with your hate mail that you sent in, if you want to hear the story behind Matt's nickname, just... Ask about it.
1: Yep. Unbelievable!
0: I hope that I got some backup. <laughs> You're a rude dude, JJ. It's rude awesome. dude. Uh, no, I, I honestly Diablo 2 is is a great game. I, the, the main reason it's not on my list is because I'm you know I'm a story guy and I don't know squat about the Diablo storyline at all. Oh, I, I don't. I never paid attention to it. I always enjoyed. I didn't understand the story. I can't claim that I did. It, but I liked it. I it, thought it was a
1: great story. It basically just throws Dante's Inferno stuff into something that makes somewhat
0: sense. That's kind of how I how I took it, yeah. I uh, I tried playing Diablo 1, and I couldn't do it, mainly because you can't run. It's all walking oh, so everywhere. Good. So good. Oh, it's awful. It's pitch black on the majority of the screen, too. But I can, I, I mean, I can, att- and Matt can attest to this, too. We spent so many hours playing Diablo 2, like, when we were younger. Oh, my gosh. Lost so much time to that game. Being able to play with, what, eight people? Right. In in the same world, and I wish they would have kept that in, in Diablo 3, where you can all be playing in the same world, but people may be playing in different acts, so you can sit there and talk to each other while you're playing and stuff like that. And, and I, I do miss that, but uh, Diablo 2 introduced me to roguelikes, and I, I still to this day, I think it's an amazing, amazing game. Bottom line, if you
1: haven't played Diablo 1... I- Go and play it and then you will realize the leaps and bounds that Blizzard took Absolutely. to get to Diablo 2. It was such an improvement.
0: It was unbelievable. Definitely. Okay. Matt's number four, Diablo 2. My number four is a Zelda game. <gasps> oh, The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Solid. We, uh, we reviewed this last year? Yep. I think right around this time, actually. Something like that. I think you're right. Yeah. So it was pretty soon after it came out. Uh, this is the uh, the follow up game to well not I mean not direct follow up but it's in the same vein and same world as uh, a link to the past the superintendent of zelda and that game was so amazing it's one of my top if not my top that and ocarina of time kind of go back and forth with each other it just depends on what kind of mood I'm in that's a tough call <laughs> it is but they came out with this game and man I was blown away it brought back the old school top down Uh, you know, just running forward and solving puzzles on your screen without having to worry about a 3d world that I loved so much about the earlier games. And for me, you know, I mean, you know me, I love the old school stuff. Yeah. It, it hit home and it struck a chord and I absolutely loved it. I still, I still adore it. I'd love to go back and play it again because it was such a, such a clean playthrough. You know, you can just sit down and you can knock out a couple of dungeons and accomplish something. Um, and honestly the whole world itself is like one big giant dungeon, which is kind of cool. So Anybody have anything else to add? Did you ever play it? No, I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. I gotta go oh, pick man. it up. Yeah, you definitely do. It is a, it is an excellent game, especially if you liked uh, A Link to the Past. Highly recommend it. All of these all these handheld devices that I gotta gotta collect. Do you not? I thought you had a 3DS. You don't?
1: Uh, no, I do, but I'm catching up. I'm still catching up on the Vita. Like I I didn't mm-hmm. own them for a while, so yeah. This is, a, this is
0: a a phenomenal game. I I highly highly recommend it. Even if you're not a Zelda fan, uh, typically. This is. This will take you back to the old school Zelda, when like when it first came out, and the impact that that made. You know, and I, I mean, Zelda's still making impacts with the new releases that it's getting. So yeah, good stuff. Mark number four. My number four is Borderlands Two. JJ loves this game. It's one of his favorites. He's giving me a big thumbs up right now. Yeah, he is. Uh,
1: I can attest to it. No,
0: JJ said some things he didn't like about this game. And I can say that I 100% agree with him about the first game. I definitely felt really disconnected from the story. It, it didn't feel cohesive. It wasn't as funny to me as it should have been. And so when... I mean, I was super excited for the first game. The The features they were talking about, the completely procedurally generated guns, all that, seemed amazing. But I never got into it. But the second game came out, and I don't know what it was. The on-ramp with the, the first mission you do with uh, Claptrap. Whatever it was, I got into that game real hard. And I blazed ahead of all my friends, beat the game by myself because I couldn't wait for them to catch up. And played through it again. It's a fantastic game. I really enjoy the plot. I think the humor is awesome. And I, J.J., I guess he didn't, like... Like the delivery of the plot. You felt like it was like off on the side. No, I mean I, I like the I like the writing. I like the uh, I even like the story a little bit. The humor's hysterical. Yeah. Um, I like the uh, the characters that are in it. I I think and I think I'm pretty sure I mentioned this when we did our review on it a while ago. It feels kind of disjointed in it emphasizes so much on the multiplayer aspect. Like the game is fun on your own, but it's really fun with more people. Yeah. Like you get you get a group of people in there and you're all blasting through with different characters and doing everybody doing their own thing. It is a great experience. However, you can't follow the story if you're playing with a group of people because everybody's gonna be rushing through it. Everybody's gonna want to go to the next step right away. Nobody's gonna sit wanna sit there. I mean, and if you have four people sitting there listening to the dialogue and stuff like that, somebody's gonna get bored. That was my problem
1: that I had with it when I played it. My two friends that were playing, they just were continuing to do stuff and I was sitting right. there doing nothing, just listening to
0: the plot and they're like yelling at me. And that that was my out, issue. Matt, what are you I doing? I guess that explains why I enjoyed it so much since I blazed ahead of everyone. See, since I was by myself, I think I was able to digest the story better. Right. And, and that's my issue is that I either play by myself and I miss out on the multiplayer fun yeah. or I play multiplayer and I miss out on the story. I gotcha. So I kinda that's why I was like, you know you gotta you gotta try to have both. And yeah. I, it's tough to do with that game. Mm-hmm. Did, I, did I hate it? Absolutely not. I, I see the genius in it. I see that it has a heck of a lot to offer. And it's fun if you just want to hang out with your friends and just, just blow through some baddies. But as far as like a, a serious gameplay experience, just not, not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. My recommendation, if you play games slowly,
1: this one may not be as enjoyable to you if you're playing with right. friends.
0: Just play by yourself. That's what I did. Now, and I thought it was fantastic. If you've got people who, who have played through the story or don't care, and you just want to run and gun through the whole thing, oh my gosh, yeah. it's, it's a blast of a party game. Absolutely. Yeah. So. But if you take your time and enjoy the plot, that it's also actually got a really good plot mm-hmm. with some really cool twists in it. Really funny, and I mean, it's just better than the first game on basically every front. It's the perfect sequel. True enough. There you go. Perfect sequel. It's the perfect, that's why it's your number four. It's the perfect example of what a sequel should do. In comparison to the the lab. okay, all right, yeah. it's yeah. it's a great example, not the perfect one. Okay, obviously. fine. It's not the perfect example. slide. All right, Matt, number three. My
1: number three,
0: Marcus. It's Portal Two,
1: which is Marcus hey, number five.
0: That Portal Two.
1: I love me some <laughs> Portal
0: Two. Yes, yeah, to talk about it then. You want me to talk about it first? Do You talk about it first. This is every once in a while this happens on the show where we're like you just weirdly kind of look we, at each other. we just get confused about where to start. Yep. Um. But I like
1: well. I like Portal Two in the same way that I love Bioshock Infinite, where it's like it's showing you a mirrored uh, experience of the first game. Yeah. How you how you fall? I, I don't want to give away I mean, there's, spoilers. There's but you, this you part, deal with things. There's this
0: part in the first game where it's like pulling back the curtain and everything's revealed to you and it changes the entire meaning of what you've taken in from the game so far. And how are you going to one up that? How are you going to do you can't do it again. And that's the same thing that happened with BioShock. It's like there's this amazing twist. How, are you just going to do another twist? You can't do you can't recreate that. But in both of these cases they managed to find a new twist, something else that's really interesting and intriguing yep. to throw at you. And this is like Portal, but like three times as long. The first game was really short. It's got more, it's got new tools to use, new puzzles for you to solve, amazing new locations for you to explore. It's just a fantastic game.
1: I, I agree completely. I love the, specifically the beginning of the game where you you know almost immediately exactly what is going to happen and you're trying to make sure that it doesn't happen, but you know in the back of your mind it's inevitable. This is going to happen. She's going to wake yeah. up. And then it happens, and you're like, "Son of a god. Did
0: either of you guys get a chance to play the multiplayer on that? I haven't. I have not. That is, I played through with your brother. Maybe yeah, I've mentioned that before. Yep. Um, that's the best part of the game. Honestly. Really? It because the the puzzles that are designed for it are so amazing, and it really relies on both people to be doing their job. And it's just it's the perfect challenge. Just the humor is absolutely hysterical, and it. it you and I should play through it sometime. All right, we're doing we're doing a land party have, soon. Uh, I think so. Oh, that's we perfect. Should, we should we should try it out. Perfect. Um, this this honestly had a tough time not making my list. Mm-hmm. I love this game so much. So, good choice. All right, my number three, StarCraft Two. I love StarCraft One. I. I thought it was amazing. I love Brood War, fantastic expansion. There were some things that I wasn't really big on though, like the when you played like playing multiplayer with other people there weren't a lot of settings that you could tinker with so if you like were like i just want to play against some computers and and you know have an easy going match and that kind of stuff you could do that and then all of a sudden your teammate could come in and just backstab you and kill you and then you get a loss <laughs> and it was like oh well thanks for doing that guy appreciate it starcraft 2 gave you so many options so much customizability and added so many different things to each of the races and really really just made it So much better in true Blizzard fashion. I mean, if Brian was here, I guarantee he'd be gushing about it as well. I still to this day think, you know, it's probably the best RTS that I've ever played personally. I cannot say enough good things about StarCraft II. It follows up the first one beautifully. The story is phenomenal. Excellent, especially if you've played the first one and you know a little bit about the characters and, and, you know, Raynor. And uh, it's just an amazing follow-up and I love it.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh it's it's amazing. The only reason it's not on my list is probably because there's not this huge StarCraft MMO behind it that continued that storyline. I had a hard time not putting it on my list as well. Um still definitely my favorite esport to be involved with by far. I I, I watch a lot of esports, but from a multiplayer perspective it it's amazing to see professionals play. Mark, this you're game. shaking
0: your head. Have you ever watched like professional StarCraft two players? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> they turn it into an art form Like it's insane I, I Some of the stuff you. they do I believe you It's pretty crazy I have, I have different tastes In RTSs However I will not dispute The story The quality of the story Because I've right. I played A lot of the games And they're fantastic Yeah No you I mean you tend to like The, the bad ones Okay so oh. Moving on the list. Bam <laughs> Alright moving, moving on to you. Mark's number three My number three Half-Life 2 Appears later On someone else's list Just to spite me <laughs> That may be true. We'll but talk about it then. It shows up right now. Matt, what's your number two?
1: My number two is Half-Life 2. Terrible.
0: Terrible. What? You just had to put it ahead of me. Yeah, just sp- to rub it in.
1: Look, you could have put it at number one, man.
0: I can't I couldn't actually. Because I put other things at number one.
1: Mm. And number two. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I didn't put it at number two for spite. I legitimately believe it is the second best sequel ever made.
0: It's a solid game. It's still one of the best. Uh, FPS games on the market. You mentioned I would before, say.
1: there's this thing about horror games and pacing. Yeah. Oh my god, Half Life Two must have gone through such testing.
0: Definitely. Uh, I mean, people talk about focus testing like it's a bad thing, like it like it whitewashes movies and games and stuff like that, and ruins them because they come in and make these executive deci- decisions. But Half Life Two was highly focus tested. You just have to understand what they're telling you and filter it and get the right message out of that. The pacing's perfect. Every time you start to get tired of a certain portion of the game, the way that portion of the game works, it switches. All of a sudden, now you're on Highway 17. All of a sudden, now you're at Ravenholm. So it's it's always changing it up, always giving you a new game, like every three or four hours. It's fantastic.
1: And that's something that Half-Life 1... Attempted to do at some points But didn't fully succeed on the same level That Half-Life 2 did So it definitely fits the the mold of being a good sequel What I was going to say Was like I played Half-Life 1 When I picked it up with Counter-Strike When I heard about Counter-Strike Because that's what I was really interested in At the time was Counter-Strike So when I picked up Half-Life 2 I didn't really know to expect This blockbuster game that would change everything And it did It really did. I see elements of Half-Life 2 in every game that comes out that's a AAA title now.
0: I mean, when you consider that Half-Life 2 came out two weeks after Halo 2, and you compare those two games, Half-Life 2 just feels like an entire different generation from Halo 2. And I'm sure Brandon's going to be furious if he hears this. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. He's a a Halo 3 fan anyways. Yeah, that's true. I mean... This Just the fact that a, a, an FPS in 2004 starts the way it does with you on this tram hearing this message from the G-Man and then coming out, going through this dystopian checkpoint out into this vast open courtyard with a tower with all the stuff happening. The presentation of the plot is just beautiful.
1: Still one of the only games that I can think of that pulls off having the plot happen regardless of if you're looking at it or not. Yeah, It doesn't interrupt you with yep. cinematics, which I want to see
0: more of, but for some reason have not. All right, so that is Matt's number two and Mark's number three, Half-Life 2. Mark and I have the same number two. It's the best number two. Uh, is it? Because you forgot it the first oh! time you wrote your list. Oh! Uh-oh. Let's not Got talk it. about that. Mark forgot this game, and I go to him and I'm like, hey, uh, before I post the notes, I just want you to know you're going to be kicking yourself as soon as you see my list. And he goes, you don't even have to say it. I know what it is that I missed. (laughs) And I'm like, do you? And he goes, yeah, let me go change it right now. And then he does, sure enough, and there it is, in 2, number two. And I was like, I can't believe you forgot to put, like, one of your favorite games of all time. I just, you know, I I view the whole Suikoden uh, 5G, Series? I view the whole Suikoden series wow, as, one, that was tough. as one entity except for four. Um, and so I didn't really look of it, look at it as a sequel until you said that. And then I immediately realized my mistake. <laughs> yeah. Nay, nay, my crime. True enough. True enough. Is Absolutely. this the reason why I got bamboozled? Yes. Yes. Ah, yeah, He adjusted it to show this on there. All right. I guess you're excused. So Suikoden 2. This is uh, Mark and I's number two. Yeah. I, Man, like, first of all, one thing that improved right off the top of my head, the box heart. <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, major improvement. Man, because that first one was that, awful. So here's another obvious improvement, the inventory. Absolutely, yeah, the inventory for sure. This game took, the first game was incredible. Yes. This game actually is very, very similar in in gameplay, and this is this is kind of one of those things that where I mean, I say it all the time, where it doesn't fix what isn't broken. It took everything that was great about the first game and just brought it over to yeah. this one and then was like, you know what? Let's add this and this and this and this. I mean, the first game had solid combat. It had solid uh, visuals, music, et cetera. Yep. But I think you would agree that the plot feels very minimalistic in the first game. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's real quick. There's no long cutscenes. scenes. Nothing really that cinematic. It's very... Very to the point. Yeah. Yep. And this game comes along and it just it's very cinematic. the The pixel art is amazing. They really get the emotions across of what's happening, and it's a much longer game too.
1: Doesn't it feel absolutely. like the characters are a lot more well defined in the second game oh, too? Absolutely, yeah, like definitely. It wow. So, *Squeaking <laughs> Into* is uh, one of the best sequels ever because it improved in the plot area.
0: Yeah, that's it interesting. Took, uh, I mean, and the gameplay mechanics, like Mark yes. said, it took the gameplay mechanics and it it ironed out all of the the errors and mistakes in the first game to make. Just a, I I think it's funny that because the way it was the way it was designed, the uh, the creator said like, this is the game that I wanted to make originally. He had Suikoden Two already in mind. It's what he wanted to do. Yeah. he made Suikoden One as kind of a trial run I to see. be like, let's see if we can do this, and if this works out, then I'm going to make my masterpiece. Yeah, you know, I put that in quotes, but it's a masterpiece. You know, I, well, I mean, his masterpiece. Though, okay. I don't yeah, know I what gotcha. he would consider to be his masterpiece, but like that is the game that he wanted to make, and it shows because you can see. Them trying things in the first game and being like, all right, this worked and this worked and this worked. We're going to move it over. We're going to use that in this one. And we're just going to throw this phenomenal story on top of it. It is Game of Thrones, the video game. Definitely. There's so much in there. It's unbelievable. And you've got 108 distinct characters who each bring something to the table. And it's not too many. It's not too many. It's not. Flat out. It's not too many at all. If anyone ever says it in a future episode, we're just going to put this quote, this little audio clip on top of that. You know what? I'll <laughs> go out on a limb and
1: say that even if it was 109, that wouldn't be too many. That would just be too many, man. That is too many. That's being ridiculous. 100, 109 is too Come many. on. Really? Come on. Are you sure? You're yes, done. Absolutely. You're done. All you right. don't
0: even know what you're talking about. Why, who invited him? Honestly, 109. Oh, no. Jeez. God. Do we, have, oh, we don't have freaking 100 hours to play this game. Come on. Right. Uh, I would have put it on my list, too, if I
1: would think of Su- Suikoden 2 even as a sequel. I realize it's got a 2 in the name, so I should, but in my brain, it just doesn't click because I didn't play in 1 for years and years and years
0: after I played Basically, it failed. Kind of. I guess so. <laughs> and the fact that you think 109 is okay is asinine. That's just a, it's a tacky joke. I mean, made. yeah, it is. Come on. Unbelievable. Oh, jeez. I'm just yeah. collecting all the hate mail today. Unbelievable. <laughs> 109. Where'd you find this guy? Alright, so that's our number two. So we get to two. Number one's Matt! My number one.
1: I love this game. Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. Is that the one that
0: takes place on an oil rig? Yes. Well, yes. Oh, <laughs> dang <laughs> it. It is. This is the only one in the series that I have played <laughs> and beaten. I love this game. I thought that
1: this game took the biggest risk ever by introducing Raiden as the main character and it paid off in epic fashion watching that game unfold its plot unfold from Raiden's perspective instead of Solid Snake was the most genius move I've ever seen and uh this game still to this day I I I play through it once a year because of how good it is I I love Snake Eater I love the other games too but this game was way beyond uh, the first game. To me, actually, you know what this game did? This was the first game that I played when I decided definitively games are art. That is what I decided. I decided it was a cinematic experience that I had never seen before in a video game and I've never looked back since then. That is why it is number one on my list.
0: Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. I had a good time with it. Mark, have you played it I have played it. You don't remember it that I got up. I, I think I probably got like halfway through the game, and then there's this part where you like go all the way down, like way down underwater, and then there's a time limit, and you have to like get all the way up to some important objective. I was like, I'm not doing this. It remember. got too was, hard. It got I, too hard for. I turned him. it off. Yep, I think I was renting it too, so I took it back. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah, it's uh, I, I had a blast with it, absolutely, and it, like I said, it's the first and only uh, Metal Gear game that I've played, and I own all of them, because I uh, I bought the the collection um, on PS3, so definitely need to go back and play the other ones, because I really, really did enjoy this one. So, alright, Matt's number one, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Mark, I think we have the definitive number one sequel, Oh, though. it is definitely the definitive number one. And I think Brian would be proud. I think he would. In fact, I know that he may have also put it on his at number one. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I'm glad that all you guys agree, and I'm the odd man out here.
0: You are. Maybe you should play the game. I need Mark. to finish the game. That's true. Why, or what, not why, what is our number one? Our number one video game sequel is... is... Aspect 2. <laughs> Sorry. We you were thunder there, JJ. You were saying all that stuff, so I had to speed it up a Sorry. Mass game. Effect Two, <laughs> there it is. You know why this game's good? A lot of reasons. Because of Jacob. That is not even <laughs> remotely true. <laughs> that's so you're coming it, that's off all the heels. <laughs> you're coming off the heels of <laughs> Mass Effect One, which was a really good game. It had an interesting plot. It had uh, fun combat, really cool missions, and uh, role-playing elements to it. But it also had horrible crap like the Mako missions. Where you have to drive a vehicle around the, the first planet. game? Yeah. Yeah. So this game comes in with an incredible opening scene, which I think we talked about last week. Yep. And then it takes out the Mako stuff, so you don't have to deal with that, and brings in loyalty missions, which I thought were fantastic. I mean, sure, they, they make the pacing of the game a little bit wonky. It makes it feel like some of the main objectives aren't as important as they need to be. <laughs> but the universe is in peril! I know, but she has daddy issues, so we got to yep. go take care of those real quick. <laughs> but, I mean, you get to do some really cool stuff where you make moral decisions for each of these loyalty missions that determines if they're loyal or not. And it also has something that we've talked about a few times in the past, which is just when you get in the zone in a game and you start time traveling, literally. Yep. First one did not have that for me. No. no I, I actually like found myself loathing places in the first one, like the Citadel. Having to run around the exact same zone for so long, doing nothing, just talking to people, like and I'm an RPG guy, like I was just like, oh my gosh, get me out of here! I want to do something. I want to have fun. I want to shoot some stuff. Whatever. Second game came around and it was a complete 180. Yeah, like oh my gosh, the inventory system is a thousand times better. The you know you like you said you lose track of time. You don't even you're playing and you're like all right so what 20 minutes have gone by no four hours yeah like holy crap i mean i'm a chronic not finishing games guy and i could not stop playing this game right yeah you and i both finished it in like i think a week to a week and a half yeah and we spent what like 40 hours 40 yep. plus it was so, over 40 i mean it's you know it's a job right there yeah so and it didn't feel like it it no, was like it didn't. i didn't i'm already done i'm kind of disappointed i want to play it again (laughs) it really i can honestly say i would like to go back to that trilogy again someday um at some point but it really because it was such a departure from the first game and such an improvement uh and and you and i you and i both think it's the best in the series as well yeah the best game in the series it just man mass effect 2 awesome it's fantastic It's stuff really is so there we have it there's our top five video game sequels jj and i had really good lists we did, absolutely. You, you got, uh, The other guy you had Haters. a few good games. <laughs> All these people are haters. All these people. Yep. Mark and JJ. Yep. All these people. Well, and Brian, because Brian's he's, list is very similar
1: to yours, too. He probably is. Hating he's hating right remotely. Yeah,
0: that's true. Who can blame him? <laughs> uh, he's probably thinking <laughs> 10, about 109, Come 109 on. characters. Yeah. Well, with that, I think that does it for episode number 59. Does anybody else have anything to add? It's been a pleasure.
1: Despite all the hatred
0: uh, yeah, yeah. I do have something to add If you would like To uh, let us know How much Matt failed As the third host Of this episode You can send the mail To Podcast At gmail.com <laughs> Please do There's Yeah if it. you did good Email us that too And tell us how great he was Yeah The no, no. first one's more important the, Yes So well, We're more likely to read If it has a negative If we get 109 uh, emails Then uh, Mark will Put on address no, I will not. No, nope. coming back to that, I don't nope. know why. Why don't want if we to get, see you in a dress so bad? That's weird. I'll, you know what? It's really weird. Yeah, it is weird. I'll <laughs> bite that bullet. I'll wear a dress
1: if we get 190. Okay, I
0: get, uh, he wants. To, he's really. Yeah, I don't eager want to see you in a dress. He's really what? eager to wear. You dress,
1: want to I see guess. Marcus in a dress and not me? Yeah, kind of. Because I know You'd dude. be comfortable
0: with it. Dude. Oh my god. You'd be comfortable with it. I don't think he would. I think it'd be funny. Let's see all this hate that I got. to Do you agree deal with that? That Matt would be comfortable in a dress? Yeah, exactly. See, he's always he's jumping at that offer. I have no doubt. He's like, oh go online. Trying up. to be Seriously. helpful here! We got it. I'll you know what? I will make an incredibly bold offer. If we get exactly one hundred and nine emails, and you're not gonna be able to know because you're not gonna know who else has sent emails, <laughs> but if we get exactly one hundred and nine, I will give my copy of Sweet and two to someone. Oh wow. That's impressive. That's just because I believe it will not happen. Are we gonna have to? You better not here? delete emails. <laughs> I was gonna say because I could easily just send it to there. Don't don't do that. Oh man! All right. Well, with that, then this is the Frozen North signing off for episode number fifty-nine. God, episode sixty in two weeks, man. Six, oh man, Zero. man. So, we're gonna crazy. have like a cake. Nope, celebrate. Yes, yeah, so we're gonna share it with our listeners. <laughs> we should. We're, to gonna, start we're the episode gonna divide with like, it into one hundred and nine slices. We should start the episode with like a minute long audio of us just eating cake. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be able to deal with it.
1: Marcus eating is just petrifying. I'd make it really
0: noisy and disgusting sounding too. With that, this is the Frozen North signing off. Episode number 59. My name is JJ. My name is Mark. And I'm Matt. And as always, keep on gaming. Our theme song was made available through the Creative Commons Attribution License by Ziphoid. The song title is Radical Fanfare.